This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Adjustment. Excuse me. I'm shooting. You guys can hear me now. I yes. hear you fine. Boy, we have had a hell of a time with audio today, haven't we? I'm telling you. Yes. Pardon we me. finally got it together. Yeah, good. Yeah, if you think <laughs> we we've got gremlins and machines. I know. Oh, you're just gonna speak it, and it's gonna be true. Is that is that where you're going? Exactly. <laughs> Speaking into his exactly. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm saying um, this is just the beginning, <laughs> but but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, welcome to Friday. Welcome to the Friday edition of Altitude Adjustment. Um, and so so we which we're it appears we might be trying to make this a regular uh, occurrence. So hopefully. Um, we will try to keep it short, but you know, when you, when people who love to talk, start talking, there's a really difficult time getting us to shut the hell up. What are you talking about, Willis? So, um, so this edition is about, so coming up tomorrow we're going to be talking about fighting fires uh our normal saturday show and um hopefully you will be here to join us it will begin at 2 p.m central time and um i'm really excited about doing this show uh, i think i've got some uh, really good information and I, of course i'm going to say that because i want people to show up so take it for what it's worth all right so it's gonna, to, it's gonna be good. It, it's gonna it's be good. Shit. I think I think we're gonna have a good discussion. I'm gonna speak that into existence. Yes, that is absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, so on on uh, on the, on this Friday show, we it's a little more relaxed format. So anybody that wants to start the conversation can start the conversation. You got a hot issue that you'd like to bring up. Uh, I'm going to let you guys have the first shot at it. Well, I'm just I'm looking at Joe Biden finally gave his first speech as president last night. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't about talking bad about people and doing the Twitter culture thing as uh, the former guy did, mm -hmm. but he talked about getting things in line, getting getting people vaccinated. He's talking about having it in May the 1st where every adult in America that wants to get a vaccine can get a vaccine mm -hmm. and not have to wait for it. They, they stopped this 1B and 2B stuff, depending on whoever that that you can get it. And he's talking about people being able to meet in small groups like by the 4th of July so everybody can be vaccinated by the end. 
And it's just a refreshing change of pace to hear somebody talk about the virus in the way it was. It's a, it's a virus. It, it gets people sick okay. and not calling everything a hoax. It's finally having a president who will speak some truth and we better enjoy this because politicians tend to lie and not tell full truth. But it's finally just good to hear someone talk about what we got going and give you the truth about it, instead of calling everything a hoax and then you find out in tape sessions out of the public eye well he knew how serious it was but he just liked playing it down so people didn't get in a panic and obviously he didn't know his country americans as a whole want to know the truth and what adjustments we have to make. Now you got some people on the fringe, like the people that buys the big lie, and they'll go crazy about stuff. Uh, but you know, it's you give them the truth, and they can deal with that, and they'll make adjustments. They'll do what's reasonable that people tell them to do. Okay. Um, so I think we talked about, I, I talked about it in a, in a previous show. Um, as far as la far back as last year, when they started talking about having the, the anti antivirus or the vaccine, they said it would be sometime in the summer before everyone, before they had large scale inoculations and that's just coming to play out so so for me i i understand what you're saying as far as uh you know joe biden's demeanor is different well of course we expected that that's part of the reason um we hope that joe biden would win the presidency was because we didn't want to to uh, the the dog and pony show that we had for the last four years and so i think it's good he didn't I didn't watch the whole speech. I only got a few minutes of it. Um, and it, and it, and he, you know, he went back to being a politician. He went back to let's assure the country that, you know, we've got this, that we can get this done, that we're competent and, um, you know, we've got a plan and that's, you know, that's what, that's what a lot of people want to hear. They want to hear that stability. They want to know, um, that that running our government is in the hands of adults and i and i think that's what you're saying you know and i and 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 i'm excited about that um you know it was it was uneventful to a point so um i don't know if you are familiar with uh what tucker carlson said i don't know if you're familiar with what tucker carlson said but uh, Tucker Carlson jumped on the part of Biden's speech about uh, maternity flight suits. Did you did you hear hear that controversy? Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard the controversy, but I didn't hear Tucker Carlson's speech. I heard it replayed, mm -hmm. and I love the way one of the people in the military answered a, a major or some mm -hmm. he said it's very 
telling that you would say anything. Nobody wants to hear what you say. You never served. You never got in. You never, you know, I think about the movie about uh, Jack, Nichol Jack Nicholson in, uh, when Tom Cruise in that movie in the military. You know, if you want to say something about somebody, walk a post, grab a rifle, grab a rifle and walk a post. Tucker Carlson never did that. But he just wants to sit back and he's going to do what a commentator does. He just sit back and he picks at uh, people. And, you know, and then uh, I just saw a thing about the military with all the women that served and served proudly. And, you know, what they gave up, they gave up for their country and not just take the good that their country gave and give nothing for it. And uh, so supposedly he made some kind of get back speech about he's getting back at the people who, who, who got back at him for what he said about women being pregnant in the military. And I just like to see Tucker Carlson go up to any one of these women when they're not carrying their baby and see if he could physically take them on. And I would like to see one of them just beat the hell out the guy. My personal thought. <laughs> so no I, I, I understand. Yeah, my concern is that we don't advocate violence. So, so I understand what you're saying is that you believe that um, that Tucker Carlson should uh, try to be more compassionate and understand that um, that his views may not reflect the views of a large portion of our society. But that's not why Tucker Carlson is where he is. He is where he is because he espoused um, views from a more vocal, um, smaller uh, portion of the society and you know what he's saying is um so so it's interesting because tucker carlson rails against um intellectualism and he's you know he's a college student you know he, he was uh, someone that went to college he rails against you know against elitism and he's a part of the elite so to speak you know he's got money yeah. he he didn't have to work for a living he didn't right so well, but but he chose to, and he got a leg up on positions that he that he got to. So he got where he is because of his privilege, and yet you know he will swear to the end that there there was no privilege. He worked his you know tail off, and and that's how he got where he got. So I, I don't have a problem with Tucker Carlson <clears throat> um, commenting on. Uh, women, uh, pregnant women in the military. So we know, um, first off, that his view is going to be slanted because he hasn't served, because he's he's not um, a part of a military family. You know, um, military families are going to respect their their um, female entrance in the military just as they're going to respect their their men that go to the military. For them, it is a sense of duty, a sense of honor, um, a sense of accomplishment and achievement to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And so Tucker Carlson um, doesn't seem it's to grab, yeah, he doesn't seem to grab that. And so I understand he's gonna say stuff that's, that people are gonna get riled up about. 
part of, uh, I think he's serious. I think he believes what he said without, Absolutely. you know, go ahead. Yeah, he does believe it. I mean, the, the whole conservative point of view is basically, you know, women should be at home barefoot pregnant and, uh, you know, not not out in the uh, workforce or doing anything, especially the good old boys club, which is the military. Mm -hmm. But you know what I was thinking? I'm like, where's good old John McCain when we need him now? Boy, he would have called <laughs> guns out on that. <laughs> so I, I have <clears throat> I have mixed feelings about John McCain. Yes. Yes. I can I can respect. Huh? I can respect John McCain for the fact that when his number was up, he went into the military. He got caught as a prisoner. And while he was a prisoner, he had other prisoners get re get released and he set in. I mean, I can respect that part of John McCain, mm -hmm. but I don't, there are some things about him I don't respect. And I remember reading an article about the D Maverick, because McCain is always called a Maverick, the D Maverick of of John McCain. And it shows so many ways where he really wasn't a Maverick. I respect John McCain for his service. Right. Uh, but, you know, there were just politically, I was just diametrically opposed to him. Like the one time he went on the Today Show when Matt Lauer was still co-hosting. And Matt Lauer asked him, when you come and you rail against abortion, what would you do if your daughter had gotten pregnant? One of your daughters got pregnant. Y'all didn't want her to have the baby. Well, we would take our daughter somewhere and get her an abortion. Now, if you're against abortion, you're against abortion. I mean, if you're out here proclaiming that no one should ever get an abortion, then if your daughter gets pregnant, you shouldn't take her off and get her an abortion. Uh, so it was things like that. Uh, I never wanted to hear about John McCain having any morals because with his widow, well, when he was in the military, that woman, wait, the first wife, waited for him. And because she got into a car accident and got mangled, he, he, you know, he's reported as saying, well, she's not good enough looking for me. Let me go get with someone else. Hmm. And so that's why, you know, so that's why I never wanted to hear morals come from McCain's mouth. Okay. But, you know, like he, I said, there's had... something there to respect. He had some. He had some honors. It, I, I, I. The mixed feelings I have about McCain was, um, things I would have with anybody. Things I would have with um, Obama. There are issues that I disagreed with him on, and yeah. his his. Sometimes I felt like um, he wasn't. He was a politician. Um, I think you can be in a political office and not be a full politician. And what I mean by a full politician is, and, and I know this is getting away from your your original uh, talking about the Joe Biden speech, but um, politicians sometimes uh, do things for the camera that is not what they necessarily believe or support or have any intention of getting behind. And, and I think that that's, um, 
you know, that's being a politician. That's, I'm going to say this because it's going to be politically good, but I know that I'm just not going to follow through with this. That is not what, you know, a part of what I intend to do. So like sometimes uh, politicians talk about a bipartisanship when they know they have absolutely zero intention of giving the other team a win. And so, and so, well, you know, being, I think being part being a politician is sometimes, sometimes you, you have to say things to keep the peace, but I, I don't think you have to sell out what you believe in. And I think sometimes politicians sell out what they believe in just to, just to get a vote. Well, Bob, well I had a, oh, go ahead. I think bipartisanship right now is just a joke. It's a myth. You know, they throw the word out there. But when it gets down to the line, if you are that deciding vote and you lean the other way, are you going to have the balls or the whatever to to go with your convictions or are you going to go with the party? And I think ninety nine point nine nine of them are going to go party. (laughs) Well, you know, you know what that about John McCain, he had the balls to stand up sometimes and say, I'm going to do my vote. <laughs> and I'm not saying well, just like, best character or anything, you know. Yeah. Well, just like I had a college political science professor who always taught us when we were going through political science, he said, especially when you talk about people in Congress, senators and representatives, but any politician, their number one goal is to get reelected. Absolutely. Number one is to get reelected. It's hard to get reelected without money. So you talk people and they give you a bunch of money. Uh, Like, you know, they were just talking about Donald Trump when he said, I'm rich. I can't be bought. I'm so rich. (laughs) And then they found out once he got in office, you know, it was him making a, 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 they showed him making a statement how, and make at a speech saying, well, you know, the way this system goes is I, I do something for somebody. And then two or three years later, however long it is, I call them and say, hey, you need to do something for me now. Same thing. And, and that's the way it goes. And he had mentioned that he admitted that he did that. And so, you know, he did all of this talk. I'm going to drain the swamp and all this stuff to get all these people on the fringe to go for him. And he did the same thing. Like, it's just no different what he did for uh, the Ukraine when he said, I'm going to give you all the weapons and the money that Congress voted you to have. But first, you got to dig up some dirt on my political opponent. Exactly. And, you know, which was the basis of his first impeachment. And you know, he did it. So, so let me get you. Hey, you want to put that on airplane mode or something, brother? Yeah, I'm doing that. Okay. Um, so, um, when, when politicians talk about draining the swamp, and and this was a conversation that you, that the three of us had a day or so ago, a couple of days ago, maybe. They have a different meaning of what the swamp is. So, so draining the swamp 
Um, so everybody hates, uh, um, what, what's that group? Uh, um, uh, everybody, once they, once they leave office, they go become one. Um, lobbyists. Lobbyists. Lobbyists are the easiest targets. So the first thing they talk about is, is, you know, lobbyists. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and then they all leave and become lobbyists. <laughs> so they know that lobbyists, huh? Or speakers, you know, they go right. on a speaking tour for the corporations that paid and get but that that's big still, money just to do a speech. But that's that's still lobbying. It may not be lobbying Congress, mm, right? But it's lobbying. Yeah. So, um, so so when you, when you mentioned earlier about. Uh, swamp, the swamp. Um, there's different. So when when Trump said drain the swamp, he meant people that disagreed with him, and so he right. attempted, he attempted to drain the swamp. I will give him credit for that. Yeah, he attempted to drain the swamp. He didn't care if you were Republican, Democrat, Independent, tall, short, thick, thin. If you disagreed with him, you were a swamp monster. And he wanted to get rid of you. So I'll give him that. He he tried to keep his word on that one. I just I just expected you I, I don't think we could expect and should not have expected, and I should not have been um uh, annoyed by it, but you know, he just didn't he had no discipline. He had no discipline. So he didn't he didn't even apply his dislike um consistently you know so well, I mean, it wasn't he he had no honor he had no morals mm -hmm. he had nothing good and then he knew the people that he were after that he was after he knew what they meant by drain the swamp and so he let them believe that's what he meant mm -hmm. and he could tell them the big lies mm -hmm. that he did like the one guy, like the one guy said after by speech, Captain, Trump didn't lose the election based upon his lies, his criminal activity, his cavorting with known criminals and letting criminals off. Trump lost the re-election just based on how he did not handle the virus and with all the people did. And that's why. You had a lot of people that voted against him, that turned against him. Trump lost that on the virus. He didn't lose it on the fact that. Right, he didn't lose it on anything else. And the reason I'm trying to rush you through, I want to get to the commercial break, then I want to come back and change the subject. We're already halfway through, more than halfway through. I wanted to just keep it to 30 minutes. But as, okay. again, I, as I said at the top of the hour, we love to talk, um, and so, and so I'm going to let it go at the maximum we'll, we'll do the hour. Um, and then, you know, okay. if we're going to continue to do this, then we'll just add structure to it and make sure that we, um, you know, addressing issues in a way that we're, you know, addressing a topic. So uh, when we come back, uh, did, did you want to start, Warren? Did you have something that you wanted to cover today? Um, I don't know. Maybe. All right. Let's take the break and then we'll talk about it on the other side. I know you care about the environment and maybe you want to learn more about sustainability 
and climate action. Then join me on the Climate Conscious Podcast, where my guests and I discuss the issues of sustainability related to the Caribbean and beyond. Together, we'll explore practical solutions for managing our impact on the planet. Tune in every other Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow me on Instagram at The Climate Conscious. Welcome to the so-called Oreo podcast, a podcast where Kia, Amari, Rachel, and Janae discuss all the awkwardness, hardship, and hilarity that comes along with society labeling you white on the inside and black on the outside, also known as an Oreo. Trying to mind my business and be black, that's basically about it. Through intimate conversation and candid interviews, we discuss everything from quote-unquote talking white you talk the way which i guess is supposed to be like you talk proper and i usually think black people sound ghetto and uneducated that's how i perceive when you say you talk so white you don't speak cubanics traveling while black that opened my eyes to a lot of just the small privileges americans have and then it also opened my eyes to as a person of color how difficult it may be to go to another country. It was just a lot of blatant racism. Dating as a black woman. There's just something about the black woman who just really wants to support and see the black man thrive. And even if I'm not in a relationship with a black man, I'm still like, gonna root for them. I'm still rooting I'm always for gonna root for you. Yeah. I'm always. And a whole lot more. I just love being black. So join us every other Tuesday for intellectual and funny conversations that will make you embrace your inner Oreo. I'ma light your shit on fire. That's I'ma it. tell your mama. What's up? <laughs> what, 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 what if his, Roberta, yo, son cheated on me. But you know some mama be like, well, that's what men do, so why are you so Exactly. No. Old-timey bullshit. That is not, I ain't that having is it. That's not okay. Experience Altitude Adjustment, a weekly podcast about people, politics, and professions. It's built around user interaction, so join the conversation by visiting the lionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home. All righty, we're back from the break. Okay, so, okay. Did you, have, right. did you have Yeah, something? yeah. I- I was just uh, making some gestures to Leonard while you off, man, those Oreos, man, I've been listening to them for a little bit and Mm -hmm. they are uh, awesome. I mean, I listen to them because they cover so many different aspects of uh, life and culture that, that I'm not really connected to. And so I, I listen to their thoughts, their points of view, and uh, it's it's really interesting conversation, you know, because like they're actually my grandkids' age, <laughs> but you know there are so many different things about them. And we talked about a couple of episodes, and so it's it's very interesting. I'm trying to do some business stuff with them right now. But have you listened to them, Leonard? Outside of I have, I, I've uh, listened to one or two things on YouTube. But mm-hmm. I haven't gone to none of the places y'all told me about a few weeks ago. 
to listen to podcasts and just just listen to the podcast. And every time he plays the promo by him, it's like, okay, I need to listen to these guys more often. You really There's do. Yeah, I'm gonna light your really stuff do. up. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that they get me going, man. Yeah. So, yeah. so when I when um part of what I do to try to bring uh, information to our listeners is is I go out and I find other podcasters, and I have mentioned this before, I find other podcasters because podcasters uh, do have a, a, a heightened level of understanding about the issues that they cover. Um, Deval Bur um, Berze, um talked, came on and talked about uh, global warming in Jamaica. And so mm -hmm. um, when, I, when I heard these young ladies, um, I thought, you know, I was really impressed um, with uh, their uh, their knowledge. I was impressed with um, the intellectual level of their conversation. I mean, they throw they throw shit and fuck around, but but they they keep it in the perspective of having a a, a legitimate conversation with each other. So mm -hmm. so you, you feel like you're being brought into their relationship with each other and which is you know what leonard was laughing at is that you know it's it's them as human beings and i and i think that they do, do a, a magnificent job um with their podcast i i was i i told a joke at the end of the session that they had with us um and and i was just really trying to get a rise out of them and um they didn't seem like they caught on <laughs> so I mean, because I, you know, they they hadn't been introduced to my sense of humor, so so anyway. But no, um, I would encourage you um, if you if you are looking for you know something to fill those uh, time periods when you're channel flipping, that um, you check out uh, climate conscious, that you check out the um, so-called Oreo. I think these are very good podcasts. I think these are very intelligent people. That's why oh, I yeah. bring them on is because I think they're going to bring something. So my goal with the podcast is to bring you information to help you make better decisions. And I think uh, these two um, groups do that, these two podcasts. So make sure you, um, you know, if you get a chance. Um, and well, I, and I, I think they should invite us on. They're listening now. Well, oh, I'm, I say I, what I don't want to do is, is lobby for that. I'd like for them to invite us if they feel that we're going to bring something to their. That well, if they're, yeah, if they're, they are going to bring no. something to their, to their listeners, because I, I think the goal of, you know, the goal of our podcast is to bring some value to our listeners, and so if we if they feel like we bring value to that, then fine, I'll, I'll come on. I mean, I, I, so. Anyway, I like an opportunity to, to make up for that bad joke. <laughs> I like an opportunity to make up for that bad joke. <laughs> uh, I just scared him, man. <laughs> so, no, I understand. So, um, so my topic is since Warren um, used up his topic <laughs> talking about another podcast, man. <laughs> oh, and so since. Um, so, so that everybody knows, uh, 
I don't intend to do any in podcast advertising. Okay. Um, so everybody knows that on the team. So we won't be reading script in our podcast that, you know, about somebody's product. Um, and we'll try to keep advertising out as much as possible because um, I believe that uh, if we start doing in-show podcasting and we have, um, you know, different advertisers come on, then we have to start making decisions about how to treat them. Uh, and if we're, if we are being fair to one um, product over another product, and I don't want that. Um, I want our, our voices to be um, uninhibited um, by some allegiance to something outside of our team about what we believe. So we won't be reading scripts. Um, we do offer uh, an opportunity for you to advertise in our podcast, and that'll be pre-recorded uh, information, uh, just as I ran those um, that ad break there. Yours will be run. It is. It is not contingent upon, um, you know, whether we agree with your product or, or anything. As long as what you want to advertise isn't illegal. Uh, or isn't completely immoral, um, then then we I we there's a separation between what the content that we have in the podcast and the advertising. Uh, go to the website if you are interested in the rates. Uh, the current rates are set because we are we don't have any advertisers, and so we want to build up that. Um, if you've got a business that you'd like to advertise, um, you know, please get a hold of us. Um, and then I'm so I'm going to mention Warren's uh, background. Warren's okay. background is uh, a podcast that he is responsible for. So when Warren I Warren and I met, he wanted to do a podcast. I'm a small business consultant. He called me, and he, you know, he from someone else I had worked with as a small business consultant. And they had told him about me. So Warren called me. I, we sat down. We had a couple of meetings. And Warren mm -hmm. said, I want to do this podcast. And I said, yeah, I had been thinking about doing a podcast. But he asked me to, to join his podcast as an interviewer. And so we did that for, I think we did that for about a year, didn't we? Oh, uh, yeah, at least a good year. At least mm -hmm. a good year before yeah. he he... Uh, took a break from it um and so uh, because it is a part of who he is i i am not un too uncomfortable with his city sessions background um in this podcast so he is re reinstituting his podcast he's gonna pour some water on it and it's gonna rehydrate and he's he's gonna start having guests and stuff and I will be working with him uh, on that podcast, um, but mostly in the background. Um, you may hear my voice occasionally, but I'm going to be doing the technical stuff, uh, just making sure that it's it's up and on the air and that everybody can be heard and all the cameras are working and that kind of stuff. Um, so, so I just wanted to make clear what my stance is on advertising. Um, I don't want to advertise some of the. I don't care. 
if it cures cancer, I'm not going to advertise it here. And that's because I want to remain as, as close to um, unsubordinated, uh, unsubordinated decisions as, as I can. So that when I talk to you about um, anything, I want to be able to, if, if someone has a, a product that's great and I like it and I use it, um, I don't want to be, you know, advertising it and then six months later have to say, hey, this is now, the, you know, the, they've changed the ingredients in the product. It's no longer a good product, you know, and then I look like, um, you know, I'm just doing it for the money or something like that. So I don't, I don't want to get into advertising. I don't want to touch advertising at all. I want to offer those spaces because, as I've said before, I think advertising is important, especially for small base businesses. And there needs to be a, a space for it. So I, I want to try to provide that space with this podcast. But that's about it. Just provide the space and, and the podcast, the, the advertising doesn't have to do the work. They're not going to get any help from me as far as on the air, some endorsements. So anyway, um, so I, I just wanted to explain that. And then the topic that I wanted to, to, to address, and we're going to do it in 15 minutes, uh, so wherever we at at the end of 15 minutes, it's over and done. Um, is there was an article in uh, Vice? Vice is the um, news uh, new news service, and they had an article about uh, a black woman, a black mom's lawsuit could finally topple police immunity. And what happened was is the, a woman named Brittany Gilliam, 29, she, her daughter, who is six, her sister and two cousins, 17, 14, and 12, went to the store. And uh, they were, uh, they drove up into the parking lot of the store. Police, mm -hmm. police um, identified, misidentified the vehicle as having been stolen. And so all of the, the girls wound up on the pavement face down in handcuffs, I think it was. And they filed a lawsuit. Now, the lawsuit calls for $20,000, I think, from each officer. And this was in Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. yep. So Colorado, Colorado, yeah. So Colorado, I mean, if you if you want to help me out with the story, I, I'm, I'm we've got 15 minutes, so, you know, Jump in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, and Colorado has, has started to change its qualified immunity statute. So, um, there's a possibility that that these officers could be held financially liable in this case. And I have said it before, and I'll say it again. Um, while this may be a test case and they may be um, they may be just seeing what the you know um, there there are times when you in um, in every profession business and science that you have to have use cases you have to put something to the test to see where it fails and where it, what its strengths are before you roll it out company-wide or government-wide so this may be a, just a taste test case, and it may not go any further than this, and they may go back to 
implementing, fully implementing qualified immunity. I think this is the wrong approach. I think there are other things that can be addressed first before you start dealing with qualified immunity. And the reason I say that is if an officer has to run into a burning building or has to run into a firefight situation, asking them to, to think about whether what they're going to do is going to is going to put their family at risk because their salary may be the only income that their family has. Putting their income at risk uh, to me is is not going to make policing better. It is going to hamper police. Now, you guys may have something different to say on that, and I would love to hear your opinion. I, don't I think it's going to make it better. <laughs> you think it's going to make it better? No, I say I'd love what what else would make it better. What okay. the better options would be? Okay, I, I will I will address those in a second. Go ahead, Leonard. I think you have to when you have to look when you look at you have to look at each incident. And did they break law? Did they go beyond what uh, are considered normal professional police standards? You can't just say every time an officer does harm, it's covered by qualified immunity. Uh, you can't, like, for example, you can't take the Wisconsin case, which that prosecuting attorney did, and where those two officers gunned that guy in the back because he told the officers told him to stop, but it was okay to gun him in the back, and he's crippled now, and and, and you get off. And I can mention some more, a couple more cases, but you know, due to time standards. And I'm interested in hearing, in hearing what you say. You know, okay. or, or so a couple you, other ways to do this. So yeah, you want me to put my ass out there first, and then you'll just yank my my trousers down if if I'm. Actually, if, I yeah. wanted to, I want to yank somebody else's trousers down. I get mine yanked all the, all time. the time. Me too. Me too. Okay. Yeah. So, there, so my defense of qualified. <laughs> My defense of qualified immunity is that um, police police departments should implement some type of review so that in cases where there's a potential um, potential um, wrongdoing by a police officer, it is reviewed and then appropriate action is taken so that if they find that an officer um, so your concern about qualified immunity is that it's blanketly applied. And so I don't, I agree with you. Blanket application doesn't do very good. It doesn't work very well. We, we've seen that. Um, it, it makes people, it emboldens people to do things because they feel safe. Um, I want them to feel safe, but I want them to know that if their if their transgression is so egregious that it's easily identifiable that they will pay the cost, so you have a review um, in in instances, and then you determine if that officer can be held liable. And I think that's part of what's available now. The only thing is that it's that it's blanketly or summarily dismissed. That every instance is just given that. Um, um, 
instance of um, qualified immunity because then you don't have to invest the time and effort into uh, identifying the problems with each and every instance of an officer involved uh, wrongdoing situation. Um, so, so I I think that that before we start tweaking qualified immunity, there are other things we can tweak first to make sure that we don't have to touch that that one barrier that I think is important when you're asking someone to put their life on the line for other people. Because we're asking those police officers to step in front of a bullet for us. And then to say to them, well, we appreciate you wanting to step in front of a bullet for us, but when you do the human thing of making a mistake on a call, um, you go out, uh, there's a call, you get a call, silent alarm, you gotta go in without sirens to a situation of a possible person with a gun. You go into the building uh, and you see something shiny in a hand. It could be a phone. It most certainly could be a phone, but you gotta make that split second decision. And so what we're, what we're saying is, yeah, we, we want you to be able to put your life on the line, but you know what? We still want to hold you accountable if you do it and you, you're a human being and you make a mistake. And there is nobody sitting here on, on this, nobody listening, um, that can make 100% of the calls 100% of the time in situations. We, we are asking our police officers to do so much. So if we... If we didn't ask police officers to stop stolen vehicles, then this situation would have never happened. But to open them up to liability rather than back off responsibilities for officers, I think is negligent on our part as a as a um, as a society. We are. We in the business world, what we've done to our police officers is called scope creep. Scope creep is when they start out when you start out with a particular mission, and because there's something similar or close, you keep adding on to the responsibilities without truly defining the scope of the project. So what we what we did with uh um, so this whole thing about defund police and um, community policing is supposedly designed to refocus the scope of the police department so that they're not getting called out on um, um, homeless calls. They're not being called out on um, uh, you know, calls just Calls where where force, where uh, deadly force is required. Our police officers are trained to be able to use deadly force. Why are we having them on jaywalking duty? There is no reason to ever, under any circumstances, shoot a jaywalker unless they turn into an armed uh, conflict, unless they're out there shooting somebody. 
So there is no need to have a police officer deal with jaywalking. We can have jaywalking police who have no weapons. Well, so, a couple of things that, uh, about a couple of things you just said, I'd like to respond to. First of all, on that case in Colorado, these officers had their guns drawn out on a six-year-old boy. The one boy that was with. That's not that's the not the issue. Whether it's six-year-old or 30-year-old. That's, you, okay. that's what I'm saying. You, you're changing the, the, the scope of the conversation. Well, the, the scope the scope is, you're saying the scope of the mission. You're saying we got the police going on this. There's no reason to have your gun drawn on a six-year-old. Exactly. So they shouldn't have been there. So the police should not have been on that call. But that's what we're asking them to do as a society. Okay, now, now you got to let me finish. Been on the call. And what, we, and what we do, and, we, and what a lot of people mean by defund the police, like the one woman, I forgot who it was, who went on the show with Megan McCain and all the women. She's uh, Kamala Harris. She asked her, what do you mean by defund the police? It's again, so we could talk on the same thing. Because the conservative right, who's mainly showing all of this disagreement with defund the police talk, they're the ones that did the did the budget cuts for mental health. Mental health is just as much a part of medical health in this society as anything. We should have more mental health and we should have other health people and other professionals going out to answer these calls than just our police who were trained to handle the worst society has to offer. They're trained to use force and if needed, daily force. I remember going on these mental health calls when I was I understand that. I, we, we got time. I wanna I want to focus you here. Because you because okay. you made you said there was a couple of points. One was um the issue with the age of the people we we moved past that. So we know that the police officers, police officers are for heavily armed or uh, situations that can escalate out of control. A car full of women is not likely to get out of control. So having police officers, particularly um, getting involved in that situation, only makes the situation more volatile because they are trained for that. And so the idea well, is. Let's get them onto calls that they're trained for and not have to do all of that other side stuff. The reason the reason I mentioned that case is because the woman is suing because the police came at them and pulled out weapons on them and made them get out the car. Yeah, our police are supposed to handle stolen cars and things like that. That's part of their mission. Why? If you want to say that police shouldn't handle stolen property, okay. But since we had police, that was their mission to handle and recover stolen stolen property and stolen goods. That was one of the things we did. Now we got stolen, we got stolen vehicles where they they call it a carjacking. They call it a carjacking. carjacking. That's a stolen vehicle. But it was it, it was done with people do uh using using uh firearms and sometimes just a group of people pulling somebody out beating them up and taking their vehicle mm -hmm. that's a police action that that i don't have a that's problem with because that person i don't have a problem with that either that person i don't have a problem with that either but but, but when I the police officers 
when the police officers saw that it was a car full of women, that could have been that could have been uh, handed off to someone else with it with the information about that car, and someone else could follow up on that later. Because it, it's possible that we don't know if somebody if they if a woman and four children carjacked someone. It's possible. We don't know that, and so that's why the police took that one. But there's a lot of cases where, especially mental health cases, where it might not have needed police. Now, if the mental health person gets rowdy and gets violent, okay, you need you need someone with a legal authority to carry out force and what is needed. But there's a lot of times that it wasn't needed. So I'm not, or what you say, necessarily defund the police. But I am a person that believe we should we should revise and we should review how we use the resources in our community. Exactly. Because a lot of because uh, a lot of politicians, because of their political leanings, has decided that mental health isn't important. So we'll take away money from mental health and the programs that the mental health need. Okay. All righty. We're gonna we're gonna put that on pause. That's obviously something I would love to go back to because I, I think we we can cover it a little bit better and maybe oh, we okay. will do that. Huh? Yeah, I do. I just think that uh, I agree with you that there needs to be investigation. The problem I see is that who's doing the investigating. OK. All right. We're going to call it that. Uh, I want to thank you, gentlemen, for being with me this afternoon. Tomorrow it is Fighting Fires. Thank you for having us. You guys are co-hosts. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. I know. I know. All right. Tomorrow, 2 o'clock, join us. Bye-bye. Altitude Adjustment. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you. <laughs>